0818-715-815. Hello, good afternoon, and you're very welcome to Liveline. And Joe at rt.ie, 51551 is our text number. Uh, Claire Fallon Farmer. Claire, I know you're back in the United States, which is unfortunately a disadvantage uh, given what happened to you. When did it happen? Where did it happen? And what happened, Claire? Well, first, Joe, just let me say thank you so much for for taking an interest in this okay. story. Um, it happened, yes, it happened um, on Tuesday morning. Um, we had been over for my father's funeral. He's from originally from Galway, um, okay. and uh, he passed away November 30th here in Venice, Florida. And it was his his wish to be buried at home. So, okay. um, unfortunately, three days after he died, um, his sister Annie heard of his death. She also had a heart attack and died. Oh, so the family's been really gutted by two funerals um, in a very short period of time and two, okay. the loss of two siblings two of the ten. Anyway, we were able to um, postpone our um, the funeral until January, Friday, sorry, Saturday, January 14th in okay. Galway, and yeah. a whole slew of us came over from the U.S. Um, it was a great, great, great time. We celebrated his long life. He was 90, and um, it was more than we could have asked for. We okay. were absolutely over the moon. It was a send-off he deserved. And um, so we were heading back to the U.S., um, um, I was taking my elderly mother, 85 years old, um, back on Tuesday morning, um, leaving from Dublin Airport. And we decided with all of the forecasts of black ice and fog and what have you, um, that it would be best to come up and stay in Dublin on Monday night at the um, Hilton Dublin Airport Hotel. Okay. Yeah. So we checked in Monday night, um, and then our flight was at 9 on Tuesday morning. So we arranged to, to get on the 6.20 a.m. shuttle bus shuttle from the airport to the hotel, and uh, which we did. Um, we checked out at 6.15, and from, I brought from, sorry, just to be clear, from, from, the, from the hotel to the airport. Yes, from yeah, the hotel yeah, to the airport. Yeah, okay. Just, uh, the, so, I, I, I'm just to explain to people, as most people know, travelling out of Dublin now, it's, that wasn't in your case. A lot of people you, uh, purchase parking in the local hotels. They all have shuttle buses because it's much cheaper than parking uh, in in and around Dublin Airport itself in the short-term or long-term car parks. And they, they all operate shuttle buses. A whole slew of them now. It's a new phenomenon. Every hotel operates two or three buses which fly up and down uh, to the airport. So you come out of the hotel with your bags. And what, yes. what happens? Yeah, so it was 6.15 a.m., so it was dark. And uh, we had one large suitcase, one rolling carry-on, one shoulder carry-on. And uh, my mother had a backpack, and I had a crossbody bag. So I kept the crossbody bag and my mother's backpack. But we put all the other three items in the in the the boot or the back of the the shuttle bus, which okay. was open. Um, there were two other bags in there, and um, we got on the bus. And when we got, and there was two other three other people on the bus when we got to the airport um, um, terminal two. Um, the Everyone got off ahead of us. We got we got out of the van um, and went and proceeded to ask the bus driver to open up the back again yeah, because we yeah. needed our luggage. And he said, there was none in there. And I said, well, I just put it in at 6.15. Yeah. And we went and we looked. It wasn't there. So we went back to the hotel. And I, the, you know, and I don't normally think, um, go to negative thoughts about people, but the only thing I could think of at that moment was, 
oh, my God, it's been stolen. And um, so he took us back to the hotel, uh, went through it. Um, We didn't have enough time to really pursue it. The good news was my sister Julie and Fiona and my daughter Grace were staying at the hotel for a later flight. So they were able to pick up. And they met with the Garda, um, and and they opened the case there. And the Garda was able to look at the closed-circuit TV footage, and um, they could, in fact, see that they could see me put the bags into the car. Literally, this is hard to believe. As as we were get, still getting into the van on yeah. the bus on the other side, yeah. the guy was already taking it out of the back. So somebody was, as you're saying, and somebody somebody was lurking, waiting for yeah. an opportunity. And he, do, do you think is male, the individual? Uh, yes, my mother uh, thinks she saw the guy. Um, okay, you know, so and uh, it was very dimly lit. Yeah. So mm-hmm. he was he but, he. But Joan, okay. Yeah, but, you know, Joe, the thing for us is that, okay, there is, you know, a lot of personal items that we lost and um, things that can be replaced, but there were two things in there that are irreplaceable, and um, we are heartbroken. And that's why we wrote to you, because um, one of the items was a picture, um, a framed picture that included roughly 25 of my dad's hurling medals um, from his youth. Wow. Um, and it's it was something that was put together by my grandmother. It had a picture of him in the middle of all the medals when oh. he graduated from NUI Galway. And then, of course, we had a bag from um, Kearney Funeral Directors in Galway yeah. um, that included our condolence book and oh, every gosh. single one of the condolence cards that we had received. And as you can imagine, we don't know a lot of these people, oh, you know, sorry. because they were neighbors that, you know, had grown up with my dad. So, you know, we were very interested to sort of see who would, you know, read their messages, which were all just so kind. And and that's all we want back is that bag and that picture. No questions asked. Okay. What? what Absolutely no questions asked. That's so, so mm-hmm. someone, as I say, somebody was lurking and waiting for an opportunity. He saw the... The, the bus uh, being loaded and people are getting, organising themselves to get on the bus and get ready. They put their, how many, how many bags in total were in the luggage compartment of the bus, do you know? Um, there were, there were yeah, there were just two oh, in just there yours. when I okay. put my stuff. Okay. So Your, no, ours and then two other pieces of luggage. Okay, and were they stolen as well? No, no, Just no. one, one he, so he saw the opening, he ran, he grabbed the bag and he, and he disappeared. He then would have opened the bag. Uh, what, actually, what type? What type of bag was it, Claire? Well, well let me just say one thing. Okay. I think he was rather um, he was rather bold because, I, as I understand it from the Garda, he made two trips to the back of the van to get our get our bags. So, because it would have taken, you know, it was it was a, a good amount of luggage. So we had a very large um, blue suitcase, um, okay. and and then a black rolling suitcase that I was going to bring on board yeah. and then a black carry-on shoulder bag. And the, the photograph and the, the hurling medals, the, the uh, invaluable, uh, those mementos, what bag were they in, do you know? They were in the uh, rolling, um, okay. the rolling carry-on bag. Mm-hmm. Along with the, um, all the condolence, the bag with all the condolences, books and cards. Mm-hmm. So they, so if someone opened that bag, they 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 fairly quickly know that there's been a funeral. 
Yes. With the condolence cards. Now, what they do is, apparently, they will, uh, they're opportunists, um, but when they open the bag and they see there's nothing of value in it for them, they normally, mm-hmm. ju- they normally just dump the bag. Now, whether they dump it right. near the hotel, in a local garage, in a local toilet or whatever, I don't know. Did anyone, did anyone, and then there's a possibility that if it's found, someone would hand it in. And given that you're right. the, the medals and is your father, well, Michael, Sonny Fallon would be on all the condolence cards. Um, yeah. I just wonder, is there a possibility that somebody might have found this discarded bag and not known what it was, might have thought someone left it behind and could they have handed, like, have you checked back with the, it, it happened, it happened on the property of the Hilton Hotel, didn't it? Yes, yeah, yes okay. it did. It's not their fault, but, but anyway, then they showed the CCTV. But have you been in touch with them since? Has anyone handed in anything to the Hilton Hotel, I wonder? Yeah, um, yeah I have not heard that anyone has handed anything no. in. And I should say that the, the frame that, that had all the medals in it, the picture that had all the medals, yeah. we actually had it reframed on uh, okay. Monday morning before we left down it and there is now a label on the back of it okay. for express frames on college road in galway oh, well, so done. Well, that's um, the, i've yeah. been in touch with yeah i've been in touch with the shop they were fabulous they turned it around for us so quickly and they did a magnificent job um but that label is on the back so if someone finds it at least they could return it there um or you know call them and then of course the black bag with all the condolence information in it and the book and the cards um, it says Kearney Funeral Directors, Laca, Moore County, Galway, So, and the telephone number. So, you know, if it's still in the black bag, if the condolence yeah. book and cards are still in the black bag, uh, and someone finds it, it would be easy to get in touch with, well, you, obviously, which would be great, mm. or, um, or you know, the funeral director, Frank Kearney, down in Laca. Or the local, or, um, or the hotel. The picture frame people. Yeah. Um, or the did, hotel. Did yeah. a, did a hotel say has this happened before? You know, um, they they said that they said that they it hadn't, but I'm I'm I don't know. You know, I I would have my I don't know how you would confirm that or not. But I will tell you, it was very dark outside. It was not lit at all. Um, so in retrospect, I should have just stayed there until, yeah, with, Pete, with the bags until it was closed. You see, Claire, I know there's a little yeah. bit of delay on the phone, but the, previously when we did this item, it, it would have been public transport um, where there was a lot of people getting on the bus and might have been on a, a, a busy street and we put out a warning and then that seemed to have died down to that theft because people were much more vigilant because they were they were aware of it and they were told make sure keep your eye on your bag until that door is closed and make sure when the uh, door when you arrive at your destination make sure it's your bag that gets out uh, to you rather than someone else so people are i think conscious of that on public transport but this is the first time i've ever heard it happening on private transport in these and i say there's numerous shuttle services now hotel shuttle services you can either park in the hotel and get the shuttle to the airport and it's cheaper than parking in dublin airport would anything be cheaper than parking in dublin airport but um mm-hmm. and but i as i say it's the first time i've heard of this 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 happening um, did the Gardies uh, hear of it happening before? I wonder. 
You know, I didn't ask them that question, um, but I think it is pretty rare. Um, you know, when we finally did get on the plane and we were talking with, you know, various people along the way because we were just, my mother and I were just stunned. Um, mm. We kind of, we continually got the same reaction, which was, oh my God, never heard of that, never thought that would happen. Yeah, yeah. But, um, and he's a fairly, you know, so he, I think, and, yeah. and, and, and yeah, and I've taken a lot of these buses. You know, it's pretty common here in the U.S. Yeah, and, course, yeah. and in fact, we do it as a practice because we return our rental cars the night before and then stay at the hotel and just take the, the shuttle bus to the airport in the morning. We come over every year. Okay, and what, um, what, what, Clo yeah. what Clover County did Michael Sonny Fallon play for? He played for um, Turlock Moore uh, Miners in Galway. Okay. Uh, he's from Turlock Moore. It's very close to Gal uh, Clare Galway. Okay. And uh, okay. it's the Fallon family, and um, yeah, it's... Um, and that I... That, so, that, you know, ironically... Yeah, I'm sorry, at the funeral, you know, where the, we reposed him at home on Friday night, uh, many people were interested in looking at the at the medals, because yeah. a lot of them were either had played with him or knew of him, or... So, uh, it's just... Um, we're, as I said, we're heartbroken, and all we want are these items back, if if possible. And, and the medals in, in themselves are of no intrinsic value to anyone else. They're not. No. They're not struck in no. solid gold no. or anything. So if anyone comes no, across, it's, a, it's it's a, how how big would the frame be, Claire? Um, I think it was. Um, I think it was uh, twelve by, maybe twelve by fourteen. Okay. Okay. It's a sizable frame. Yeah, it yeah. sure is. It sure is. If anyone in in the vicinity of Dublin Airport came across a bag or it looked like a frame discarded anywhere, be it in a toilet, a bin or whatever, um, they might have walked by it and said, oh, that was someone dumping stuff from a, a house or something. If you are going uh -huh. by it again, when you pick it up and see, is there any reference? Well, there will be. They're hoarding medals. Uh, there's a photograph of a man uh, in his undergraduate, uh, his graduation uh, gown on the cover. And then on the back, there is a, a sticker for Express Frames in Galway. That's a good identifier. Express frames in Galway, but uh, we we'll we'll get on yeah. to it. We'll get on. And you see, the problem is you're now back in the states, um, and and right. and I presume these this guy was up. This thief was up early, wasn't he? Six fifteen, but he knows. It sure was. But he knows that people are going to the airport. They're going. They, they won't have time to come back and search left, right, and center. Was there any indication from the CCTV, Claire? Did he disappear out from the grounds of the hotel, or did he go into the hotel after he committed this robbery? No, he didn't. Yeah, he did. He did not go out of. The, he did not go into the hotel. And um, from what I understand from talking to the Garda, that um, if you're standing and looking out the front door of the hotel, he went to the left, and apparently there's some little alleyway down there okay. um, that he disappeared into. And I should say that you know when I went initially went back to the hotel. Um, I actually ran around the sides of the hotel, yeah. looking in the bushes, thinking exactly he might have discarded it. And I should also add that my I have um, we we have a lot of relatives in Dublin, and I think some of them are probably listening right now. Okay. Um, I do know that my uncle Charlie has has gone um, and has done a similar search, okay. um, you, yeah. you know, in the bushes and all that. Yeah. Well, tell tell Charlie you, this happened forty eight hours ago. Am I right? Tuesday. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'd ask Charlie to go back yes. up again. 
and check anything around any of the garages, even ask them to check the underground corners of the underground car park. Because I reckon these guys, they mooch, they steal, and then they quickly, quickly pick what they want, be it uh, money or traveler checks or passports or whatever, or jewelry. And then they just throw, they get rid of everything else pretty rapid. Um, So hopefully, hopefully, hopefully it'll turn up because it's, as you say, it's irreplaceable. Um, and did, did did Sonny, did he spend most of his life in the States, Claire? No, no, he didn't. Um, we traveled a lot. Um, he was born in Galway uh, when he gra- after he graduated from university. He moved to London, then he worked up in Scotland. He was an engineer, civil engineer. And then he moved to Manchester, where he met my mother, uh, Maureen, who was oh. um, actually raised up in Leitrim um, she, okay. when she was six months old. The war had broken out, and she ended up move, you know, going with her aunt to her grandparents in Leitrim for the next uh, seven, eight years. And then um, when they met in Manchester, they got married. Um, I was born, and then we moved to Nigeria. My sister Julie was born. We moved to, back to England. Okay. Fiona was born back to Nigeria. Karen was born back to England, then to Canada. And then to the U.S. to Tarrytown, just outside of New York City, where and why did you, um, we why, moved also out to. Why did your parents move yeah. so frequently? Well, I, I think it was, um, I, you know, my my father's job with. Um, uh, I always liken it to what they call the. Um, it's the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. It's basically he was um, working on projects in Nigeria for the, you know. British Commonwealth. Um, So I think you go for 18 months and then you come back. I think that's how it worked. Um, But he eventually ended up working for General Foods in Tarrytown. And then then he worked for the city. And his last job, um, he worked on a state-of-the-art water treatment facility for New York City. Um, So and he worked until he was 80. Good man. So... I hope it doesn't we put you... We're very proud of him. And, uh, yeah. Obviously, and rightly so. I hope it doesn't put you off coming back to Ireland, Claire. Um, but as I say... No, it couldn't, it couldn't possibly. Okay, couldn't yeah, possibly. Well said, well, well said. But we put out the call and hopefully... It's it's a needle in a haystack, um, but hopefully it, well, we, we, that's all we can do. And we'll tweet the photograph of the frame. It's a beautiful frame and the medals are... Um, the, the, the medals are, are fantastic in the photograph, as you say. And then all the, can you imagine all your condolences cards and uh, condolences books oh. being stolen as well? Okay, Claire yeah. Fallon Farmer, God, yeah. God rest, Sonny. What was what was his sister's name who died around the same time? Um, Annie. Annie. Yeah, Annie Aldred. And where's Annie? Annie where's Annie buried? Um, she's also buried down in in um, the family cemetery oh, down okay. in, in Laka, but she lived in Dublin. So yeah, she was, lived up in Dublin. So it was, a, it, was effe- it was effectively a double a double funeral. It was. Oh God, yeah. oh, I'm so sorry to yeah. hear that. Yeah. Okay, and then for that for that ending, yeah. but hope, hopefully we put out the call. Claire, kind personal regards and condolences to your extended family. That's Claire Fallon Farmer. Uh, as you heard, there's a slight delay because Claire is in the United States of America. Joe with RT.ie. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And Joe at RT.ie. Just a reminder, uh, on tomorrow week, Friday week, the 27th of um, January, we are in the Kingsley Hotel in Victoria Cross in Cork City for our, um, obviously, Funny Friday. It's the end of the month. Now, the bank holiday, by the way, is the following Friday. And uh, Bridget's Day, or St. Bridget's Day, 
the uh, Melda May Day, so to speak, that's on uh, Monday the 6th of February this year. It'll change every year. I think it's the first Monday uh, in uh, February every year. That's the um, that's the plan. Now, as you know, it's been going on for a long time. The uh, the government have announced a major fund that was um, discussed yesterday at the cabinet meeting um, into the billions, two and a half billion, apparently, uh, to uh, for redress works on private apartments um, that were. Um, built is two and a half billion is the fund it's called the defective apartment scheme now uh, James O'Neill contacted contact us but James I think you're a, you're a, you're you're ploughing a lonely furrow because every political party in the Dáil are trying to outdo themselves um, and have been in how much compensation people should get you, you contact, contacted us why James well Joe do you know what a fire certificate is yeah, keep, don't ask me a question. Just off you go. No, because just... Okay, right, I'll tell you. A fire certificate is a document which says that any building or edifice that's constructed uh, will not um, catch fire or, you know, in mm. all probability will not be capable of catching fire. Okay. Now, if 100,000, up to 100,000 uh, fire certificates were signed by developers stating in a legal fashion that every edifice was uh, fireproof and fire safe and what, what so, and, and so forth. This was a lie. This was a deliberate, brazen lie, knowing full well that the buildings had not been constructed in a safe manner and that people could be born to death in these buildings. Yeah, but it's not just... Yeah, but hang on, James, now, before... It's not just fire safety, it's structural. The, the ones that we've seen primarily oh, in Donegal yeah, yeah, are structural yeah. problems, mica, water ingress, leaks. So it's it's not something yeah. that, that a, 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 will come under a fire safety certificate. The full... The, the, the property... There's up to 100,000 properties that will be covered. Um, homeowners who have already made repairs would in principle get the full cost reimbursed. So how are you going to, uh, like, as I say, every every political party is in favour of this? I'm not, I'm, I, I was under the impression, now maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was a new uh, scheme to uh, cover the costs uh, resulting from certificates being signed which were which were not true. Uh, it, that the, the two and a half billion was for the defect of a hundred... A thousand apartments, mostly, uh, whose certificates were faulty. In other words, that were open to, to go on fire or whatever it might be. Quite separate from the um, the thing up in Donegal and that. Now, anyway, I want to move on. The reason I'm bringing it up is because the people who signed certificates stating that premises, or, uh, apartments and houses were fire safe, they should be before the court. These mm-hmm. people endangered people's lives. And I'm really annoyed that nobody in, in, in Dáil Éireann has uh, stood up and got woke up about this. Like, how can this go past? How can these people do that? And the developers who signed these certificates, as we all know, went out of business very handily just after that yeah. and are now back in full operation. We know the, who these people are. It can be very easily found out who these developers were who signed the certificates. And I want them brought before the courts. If this was America, they'd be getting 30 and 40 years in jail for what they did. It's an outrage that people should sign certificates endangering the lives of people. Like, am I I seen it in in the wrong way? Am I wrong or something? Because I can't understand why... 
Yeah. And you, I know you are Go correct. Ahead. The mic, the mic is scheme is separate again. My, my misunderstanding. This is for yeah. hundred thousand yeah. apartments. Now it's not just fire safety, as I say, it's water ingress and structure structural issues. Um, but but, yeah. but would you not discover the same? Well, in Donegal, a lot of houses were built by they were built by the families themselves, so to speak. But the apartments, all yeah. of these, they would have been set up. Um, each apartment block seems to be set up in a special. Each company is different. They set up a, a special company, and then once the apartments are built, it's a limited company. Once the apartments are built, the um, the the company goes out of business, so they're gone. That's right, and that's you know, that's the reason why they were able to sign these certificates in the knowledge that when it when it became apparent that these buildings were not safe, that they would be gone scot free. This country has a, has a real problem with bringing people to to to, to, to boot about uh, in relation to what what they're allowed to do. Like this light touch regulation that was brought in. I'm told in the Fianna Fáil tent in Ballybrit, the light touch regulation meant that builders could pretty well do what they liked and to hell with people's safety. And this is, is an, out, an outrage. And I, I'm still insisting that the people who are responsible for signing these certificates be brought to court. They have committed, in my eyes, they have committed an extremely serious crime. And, uh, and there's no other way about it. And I'd like to know why the politicians or why the writers in the papers aren't getting worked up about this. Okay, the mic. I, I listened to a lady. Yeah. Just, just again on your figures, I don't want to, I don't want to do more damage to your blood pressure, James. But um, the mica, yeah. the mica redress is estimated to cost three point six five billion. This apartment redress is going to cost two point five billion. So that's nearly uh, what five point eight five, nearly six billion. We're told. Every day, everyone is. We're told we've six billion surplus, and everyone wants to spend it. It's been spent about forty-two different times, but that's the six billion surplus gone. That's exactly right. And as well as that, Joe, the most frightening thing about this, what we've learned about this, or what we haven't learned, is that there's an engineer on on the TV the other night. I think it might have been prime time. I'm not sure what it was, but she said that the possibility of these fire certificates being signed as we speak, knowing in the full knowledge that the fire, uh, the fire retardation work has not been completed, is still going on. Like, this is, this is Banana Republic stuff. This, this, I cannot believe that I'm living in a country where these scoundrels can get off, get, get off with this carry-on and uh, not a word about it. But I you're want saying these the, people the, brought before court. You're saying the builders I were allowed... people brought before court. But yes. your, your problem At is the, moment, the builders were allowed to sign off on their own buildings. Yes, exactly, Joe. The light touch regulation that we had, well, the, the you, Fianna Fáil tent, yeah, and, but you, you, and all that carry on, okay. this is where it's come to roost. Well, then, well, then the apart- surely the apartment, uh, 51551 maybe we'll get an apartment owner on. Um, but the apartment owners will say, that's exactly our point, James. It wasn't our fault. We can't... We can't calibrate or, or um, validate every block. We can't validate every fire door. That's why we have the state. That's why we pay development taxes to the local authorities when these things are built. And we pay, was it one third, one third the cost of any house or any home goes to the state. So we, we were paying our taxes in the belief that the state was monitoring this, but they weren't. So therefore, the state should pony up, i.e., 
the state is the taxpayer, including the apartment owners, by the way. I'm sure they pay, well, everyone pays taxes yeah. in one shape or another. Joe, yeah. Joe, that may well be. The point is, I believe that a criminal act was committed when the person put pen to paper yeah. stating that the buildings were fireproof. It's a crime. In America, they'd be in jail. Why are they walking around scot-free building more apartments? Building more apartments because the developers who were there before the bash of the well, crash... How do you know, well, how, yeah, 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 but you don't know that. You it's don't know that. Well, we do know that the same companies... Like, read, uh, I'm actually astounded when I read about these big uh, construction projects going on at the moment by people who went bust before the crash. They're back in action. They're doing their same thing. And the most frightening thing, as I said, was that the fire certificates that okay, are being signed today have no more stronger uh, guarantee of safety than the ones that Mr. O'Brien was talking about the other day. It's Banana Republic. Do you have it? Do you have it? James, do you have any sympathy for the um, <laughs> apartment owners? Ah, Joe, you have to be. You have to have sympathy yeah. for them. Was one lady on the other day saying that she was fa- uh, faced with a bill of 68000 Like, th- these figures are ridiculous. Like, just imagine buying a property and being told that you have to get out or uh, pay 68000 to have it remediated. Like, the people who are responsible for this, Joe, they're li- probably listening to you as we speak, and they're laughing their w- all the way to the bank, and they have laughed all the way to the bank, and nothing has been done about them. Who are these people? Let's get them out in, pub- in court and ask them, did you sign this form? And if you did, you're going to jail because it's people's lives are at risk. It's not, it's not, uh, uh, there is a victim here and the victims could have been people who were born to death in these buildings. Thanks be to God they weren't, but they could have been and they could still be. And these people who said that it was safe to move in are still walking the roads of Ireland. Well, do you think, do you think the government then should take a test case, James? Or the DPP yes, I do. should take I a do, test yeah. case? I do indeed, Joe. I do indeed. To see how far I'm, they... I'm actually, yeah. Joe, I, I, maybe, I, maybe I'm overreacting, but is it not absolutely outrageous that these people did that? Is it not absolutely outrageous that they could actually think about doing that? It, well, you're they, saying, they did okay. it. You're saying the, the fire safety thing is illegal, as you know, but the other aspects of it are immoral, what they did. Exactly. Oh, de- definitely. Definitely, yeah. But um, okay. I, I was thinking about the fire safety certificates. That's my, I, I, like, the, the idea, like, when you see about Grandfield, we could have had 40 or 50 Grandfields here. Because yeah, but, remember, guys, but remember, Grandfield was public housing. It was built by the local council. So there's no guarantee that the local yeah. council, the local council, will have any uh, greater interest in the safety or otherwise of people. But anyway, stay with, stay with us, James. We'll be back after this break. Joe at RT.ie, 51551 and eighteen fifty seven one five eight one five. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Are you still there, James? You're going off with Dara. Dara Began. Dara, good afternoon. How are you doing, Joe? Um, your point, please, Dara. You're listening to James. Well, I'm affected by this in, in, in several okay. different ways. I'm, I'm the chairman of an apartment block that's recently gone through these works Okay. Um, in the centre of Dublin. We were built by a large developer that I've been told not to mention, but in answer to some of the different questions that have come up, 
we've been we've lived through all this for several years. My brother, unfortunately, also had an apartment in a different complex, different developer, also in Dublin. Wow. They had a, they had a much worse problem. So I think in total we spent here nearly twenty thousand each. But I believe in his apartment, without checking, it was it was nearer fifty or sixty thousand. Okay, and what, each. Were, what were the problems in your apartment, Blackdown? So it was well over the years. We found different problems. They all shush. Sorry, that's my Paris being bold. Go away there. Okay. Uh, over the years, they. Um, we found different things, and it all boils down to, I think, that designs were drawn up and agreed and approved, and certification at all levels was given against the design, and nobody came to inspect that things were built to that design. And I know now from doing the works here, we've had to have cameras going up through the roof to take photographs of that we've done this, that this is done right, that we've blocked that. That was never done. And once the plaster is on, there's no way to prove it. And to go back to the other incandescent caller who wanted everybody taken to prison, the problem is statute of limitations because it doesn't become apparent until something goes wrong whereupon it's too late that's that's the problem we hit in our apartment block and my brother's apartment block hit the same thing over the years we addressed several issues like that we found out many years ago that there was no proper earth wiring through the building they'd, they'd forgotten so we fixed that at the time cost us whatever it cost us as a as a, as a as a, a board of management. Uh, at another stage, we found that the uh, balconies were built of timber that should have been external, uh, oh sorry, internal God. timber. So oh you've heard God. this, you've heard all this before. So we yeah. got all those replaced at our cost. There was no recourse. We just had to do it in bites. We put in beautiful uh, Irish-made, recycled uh, plastic balcony timbers. They look like timber. They last 100 years. I'd be long gone before they have a problem again. <clears throat> and then the biggest of all was when, when, uh, a managing agent that I won't mention went out of their way to commission a fire, a fire um, a survey. And I do think that there's a whole piece in the industry where a lot of people are trying to make a lot of money on the gravy train of what they find. And, and there's a lot of investigations being commissioned and a lot of superfluous work being done. Uh, and I really resent the fact that I think a lot of places were railroaded into doing a lot more than is necessary or reasonable to do. However, when that was done, the stuff we found here, anybody who's been involved will recognise it. Uh, up in the roof, the timbers, that when they hit the felt, they weren't properly sealed. Drill holes into, the, into each apartment with the electric wires hadn't been plugged. Fire door only went as far as the plasterboard and not as far as the concrete ceiling above. Some things that are just, I would say, criminally negligent and some things that I do believe that the legislation was changing so much in the 90s that I think the builders who built it couldn't have been up to speed, things like plugging the drill holes and that. So having worked with a lot of people to get this mm. addressed, I think some of it was criminally negligent. Who'd build a fire door and not build to the top of, of, the, of the concrete? Some of it was simply who knew what that meant and there was not enough courses and not enough people explaining as the legislation rapidly changed. And, and some of it was that the bosses that be, the powers that were, uh, didn't inspect and therefore didn't know that it wasn't built and signed certificates. And who's so in, in both these cases, our okay. certificates were signed by the construction agents, uh, sorry, beg your pardon, by the developers, one of whom is dead now in my case. So there's definitely no recourse there. The company collapsed, the man is dead. Uh, there's no, there's, there's no yeah. way back. And we never expected a way back. Interestingly, in my brother's case, the developer, who I've been told not to mention, although I would dearly love to, uh, they still own half the apartments, and although I myself attended with my brother the AGM where they tried to persuade everybody that they needed to cough up 60,000, and the point was made, but you guys built it. Yeah. You, guys own, you guys are still here. You guys still own half the apartments. And their answer was, take us to court if you like, statute of limitations, you'll never win, and you can't afford to do it. And they were right. 
Uh, they did, in the end, offer some crumbs towards the work. But they stood there, extant, still operating a major, major chain, uh, still operating very good, and, and, and sitting there were relatives of the developer cheekily and, and uh, illegally trying to represent the meeting at the time, uh, and, and just simply saying, no, we're not paying it. So it's very different stories. I can understand why, in a case like ours, we went ahead and did it, because there's just no recourse. I, I don't even believe the man or his company thought they were doing wrong oh. in many cases. I think a lot of it was carelessness, a lot of it was lack of knowledge, and a lot of it was just shoddiness. Uh, but when you hear a developer knowing that it was their company who built the thing and standing there saying, take it to court, then you won't win, uh, that boils my blood. Okay, James. However, in both cases, again, yeah. the last point, sorry, Joe, the last that's point that's I'd like to make so. is that in both cases, and in all these cases, I feel no entitlement that the taxpayer should pay. I just want to make that really clear. I'm, I'm happy with this scheme. I'm delighted with this scheme. It will be retrospective. Uh, wow. it, it, it's, it's most likely that we will get the money back. And for that, I'm very grateful. But I'm not entitled. I'm grateful. Uh, and I, I really, it also really annoys me when people, whether it's Micah, whether it's this, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it's not my fault that there was a fault in my house. It's not the taxpayer's fault. Uh, and I don't feel entitled to this. And I, I, I do really appreciate it. And for a lot of people, it's going to make a huge, huge, huge difference. Um, we, we, we manage pretty well here. We've been running this block for quite, so, quite a long time, and we, we're pretty good at what we do, and we managed our way through it. Some apartments got really bowled over and side, uh, side uh, um, struck by this. But I, I just okay, would like to say James. To, 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 to any taxpayer who's paying into this uh, uh, to help us out, thank you. We're not entitled to it. We're very grateful for it. And I would say the same for people who march up and down saying they are entitled to 100% for anything. We're not entitled to. It's just, it's nice and it's lovely to live in a country where that kind of a gesture is made. James, what, what do you think of Dara's points? Oh, he's, I fully agree with him. Uh, the, the idea that the taxpayer... Can you hear me? Yeah, loud and clear, yeah. Yeah, the idea that the taxpayer would have to... Um, uh, put the bill for the, the, the carry-on that these fellows who signed the, the first certificate as the, the developers is an absolute outrage. Now, as I said before, and I'll say it again, that <clears throat> I know for a fact that many of the builders who build these apartments are now back building apartments. These are millionaire builders. Uh, they should be brought to court. They, they should, they should, money, some money should be taken off them uh, to, to, to pay for their remediation work. Mm-hmm. I, I feel really strongly about that. But Tara, what do you think of that? Can that be done? Can a test case be well, taken? I mean, can, for example, it can't be done in the case of our builder here where the company is gone and the man is dead and he would have been responsible for many apartments and I think they all suffered from sh- shoddiness is a nice word to use. Uh, it could absolutely be done in the case of, say, my brother's apartment where they're extant. But what we were told was, do you want to go up against us? We've got way more money than you. It's outside the statute of limitations. We've got a barrister's opinion that because it's outside of the statute of limitations, because all these mistakes were covered up and they took years to come to light. You don't know your balcony's made of the wrong timber until 10 years later, somebody's foot goes through it, and then, you, then it's, you're outside the seven-year statute. You don't know that these things are the case until you pull down the yeah, but the state, but Darren, you know? the, state, the state is now saying we're prepared to pony up uh, on top of the $3.5 billion for the MICA, uh, we're prepared to pony up two and a half billion for the one hundred thousand apartments. Would some of that money not be better spent on a a, le- a few legal cases against these guys? Well, I would certainly be a massive fan of government sponsorship of some test cases. Absolutely, because you know, whereas for a lot of us, we've repaired things along the way and and we've just got on with it. 
um, for some, this is really, really, really very serious. Uh, but I also will go back to my other point that, you know, a lot of the work that I've seen done in mm. other places is over and above. And, and, yeah, that's uh, interesting, yeah. You know, and, and somebody's making a cut on it, Joe. And, you know, take a look and see who's reporting the, the different uh, defects in different buildings. And you might get a picture that there are some people in, in industries like apartment management companies who are, in my opinion, uh, 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 stirring the pot and opening Pandora's box willy-nilly. And, they, you know, somebody somewhere is making a lot of money out of doing these repairs. Maybe many people in many places are making a lot of money. And what would be... Have you... Are you made aware at this stage? You, you, you conducted rectifying work in your apartment block. Yeah, we, we, we spent 350000 doing the work that we did, but we got okay. initial quotes of well over a million until we talked through with the surveyor and said, you know, is that actually a, a, a fire safety issue? Is that actually a problem? Is that actually a, a management company issue at all? Um, you know, what, what did this wording mean when at the time in 1994 when they said, you know, we were told a certain type of vent wasn't correct because the, the uh, building mm. certificate called for, I can't even remember the terminology. But when we checked with, with the right people, they said, ah, that was exactly what they meant back in 94. That's exactly correct. And that saved us probably another quarter million in, in entering apartments and stripping out stuff to do stuff that would make no difference to fire safety, but was all about compliance to the letter. But when we checked, it was compliant to the letter as was extant in 1994. So but there are a lot of people, I think, who are, you know, making a lot of money out of this. And I do hope that a case like, you know, if there's two and a half billion going a-begging, I hope that's not just a two and a half million gravy train for people to, you know, over-egg. There's a lot of work that mm. needs done. We, have, we, we absolutely had work here that needed to be done. Okay, to but I'm just wondering, given that, the, given that the system broke down, uh, because people, uh, and there were normally, my understanding, state officials who were due to be uh, regulating, weren't regulating, um, how do we know this won't happen again and there will be abuse of this fund as you worry about? Well, I mean, I think that the fund, the fund, if it's retrospective, it needs to be very carefully controlled that people don't do work uh, just to, to rack up more, yeah. m- more money. Going forward, the, I mean, the real issue was that there was no evidence taken. I know how we did what we did here when, we, when we, we've just finished doing the work. Every time, you know, when we... When we, batten, when we removed the battens and, and put the fireproofing on top of the fire doors, we took photographs at every door and we labelled and numbered every door so we can prove that should have been done when it was built. You know, so when a new place being built, every time there's an interface between... It's all about compartmentalisation, you know. It's about making sure that if there's a fire in my compartment, it cannot spread uh, unduly quickly to any other apartment, that my apartment is a sealed box from the point of view of fire. And that means, and that the part of the corridors outside are self-sealed by, between their fire mm-hmm. doors. And that means taking photographic evidence before you put up the plasterboard that hides all that infrastructure. Yeah, exactly, yeah. And yeah. that should be done. And we now have a file as long as your arm, twice as long as your arm, with every single, imagine every single fire okay. door, every single hole into every apartment. By the way, that should I, have been kept. I, you, I know that you, you said you have Rocco there beside you, your, your, your <laughs> parrot. Are you, He's playing in the sink at the moment, yes. Good lad. Um, I hope it's not sink or swim. The, um, the, the, are you allowed to have pets? Uh, the ruling is very simple. Uh, as in most apartments, uh, any pet that does not cause a nuisance. So if somebody were to complain that somebody had a dog that was terrifying them or a cat okay. that was peeing on the carpet. But yes, pets are allowed. I, also, I have a terrapin here for the last 36 years. She's never caused a nuisance yet, have you any? No, no, no. no, no. And what does Rocco do with his daily life? 
Well, he's about to come out with me for a cup of coffee, but uh, he's, a, he's a little superstar in his own right, Joe. He's managed to get himself onto the front page of the Irish Times. He's been in with uh, Ray Darcy. He's been down in Cork with Maura and Dotty on the afternoon show. He's complaining here that he's never been on Joe Duffy, but that's just life. I'll just tell him to get a better agent, for God's sake. <laughs> and, and Darla, he might do what, a funny Friday with well, you. Yes. What's, what's the joy in keeping a parrot? Well, yes, it dates back to a momentary psychiatric blip during COVID when I decided, and an evil friend of mine decided it would be a good idea. Oh, it's lovely. He's a, he's a, he's okay. a great little pet. But he do most, just, I'm not, I'll, I'll come back to the, the obviously, the sting, the important issue. But do most, stay quiet there, Rocco, just for a few minutes. Um, the, the, the most apartment blocks not ban pets, which is, uh, all, which is unfair, depends. isn't it? It depends. Well, you see, these things all date back to the constitution that was originally drawn up. And unfortunately, or fortunately, these things can only be changed by 100% vote. You know, when the, when the original rules were laid down, they're laid down by the developer. Everybody who buys signs into them. Oh, okay. And so some developers put in no pets, which, of course, I believe is ridiculous. But you'd need, now you would need every single owner to agree a change. And that's a okay. daunting prospect, you know. Okay, how long? Uh, Terrapin, your Terrapin is 34. How long will Rocco live for, please, God? They tell me he lived to be 70, but he just might, if you saw what he's doing now, he might be strangled. Give me that back. He might be strangled long before that. What's he got in his hand? His mouth. What's so. he got in his hand? He's got, he's got the uh, spatula from the pan, okay. which he's flown across the room with because he knows that I'm not looking because I'm talking to you on the radio. Come on. How the fly? How the frying pan? How the frying okay. pan? Exactly. Ma- Ma- Mary, Mary Lynch, Mary, your point, please, Mary. Well, um, how are you, Joe? Good, I'm just, my blood is boiling here to think that the people that signed off on fire safety and the safety of the buildings are getting away scot-free. Now, I do think that there's a lot of developers and the government work hand in love and they don't want to rock the boat. But I do feel that there should be some sort of an answer for that these developers have to give and be charged and be put into jail for what they did. They made the money. They ran off with the money. They went to America. They went to Spain. They probably are listening to you right now in Spain in their beautiful villa, mm. listening to all of this. Um, well, what did you think, uh, if you're familiar with it, and Dara, this is for the three of you, James, what, what do you think of the concrete levy that was, well, the Pascal don't have tried? Well, that wasn't fair, because I live down the country, yeah. and the concrete levy would, uh, my charges would be up also. There has to be somebody held accountable. When I was working and I signed off on Yeah, but you're not going to you're not going to get somebody held accountable, Mary, who's going to pony up six billion euro, which no, the, the government no, are now the taxpayer ponying up. No, yeah. you're not. But any bit of redress at all. Say what about the government departments? Surely they had to sign off yeah, on but what do you got, what do you, we we've no history of sacking civil servants or taking their pe- exactly. we've the opposite actually we let we them go haven't. early and give them bigger pensions we haven't exactly so why aren't they held responsible if they were held responsible they would be slower in signing off things unless they knew 100% that what they were signing off on was correct but they're not mm. okay John John Garrity John your point please you're listening to James and, uh, and Dara thanks Mary okay. uh, John your point please my point is that I'm really annoyed because this is not the first time something like this has happened. 
and what I want to see done, and I want to make sure mm-hmm. that um, the, the people, the companies, the businesses that carried out that workmanship, right, the faulty workmanship, I want to make absolutely sure that they're not involved in a new company that has been set up in the meantime to do the repairs. Because now they're getting a double uh, slice of the cake. And that should not happen. Before the government money is paid out, the people uh, who get to gain the contracts, they should be examined and checked to make sure that in the past they were not part and parcel of any companies that carried out work on these various buildings. I don't know whether you get my point or not. You're an, you're an engineer. Uh, I worked as an engineer now for uh, many years. I'm retired at the moment. Okay, and like I presume, would you know if if a work work man or woman was was not good, was doing inferior work? Yeah, and, it, and what, what, what work is fairly basic. And what, uh, you can, see, you what can is see it. What, okay. what is a if penalty? You know, if you're in the business of working either at fireproofing, uh, uh, putting yeah. in pipes, electrical work, anything like that, you, you know, lots of, you go into a building site, right, and show me mm-hmm. where there's an inspector or somebody who is coming along and checking the qualifications of the people that are working. Where is that done? So you're you, you even heard, it because RTE put it out, uh, just off the nice road there, there's a bunch of, of apartments. And uh, in there, they were given the fire certificates before the, the, the buildings were even built. How, how, can you, yeah. how, how can you do that? A fire search is the last thing. Before a person puts a foot in the door, the building has to be inspected. If you go to Canada, you go to Australia, mm-hmm. you will see, and, uh, for, you know, everything, there's a cert for everything signed, and an individual's name there who can be held accountable. We don't but have that. We, you, the, the, yeah. the, the case here is in Ireland that it comes along, you, you uh, build a load of houses, you build one and you start off and you go to get your certs. You get your certs on one. All the other houses that are built, they can do what they like in there. But John, are you afraid that people who, the builders who caused the problem, yeah. the taxpayer is now going to pay to rectify it, yeah. but those people might actually get the gig to rectify it? Well, what's why, why, why? Yes, of course, because <laughs> they 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 close themselves down. It's an Irish, so, an Irish solution to an Irish problem. An Irish solution to an Irish problem. Yeah. The builders who cause the defects walk yeah. away. Yeah. The taxpayer steps in. They close down the business. The taxpayer steps in again. This yeah. time with six billion. Yeah. And um, then there's no guarantee that part of the six billion won't go to the people who did the shoddy work in the first place. Correct. Yeah, if you've closed your business, if you, I mean, it's, it's, it's well known. Ever since I was a boy, before I even started to get work, I knew of builders that immediately they finished their estates, closed shop, gone. Don't exist anymore. Now, what can you do? Yeah, well, you tell me. What can you do? It's not much. Sweet, sweet nothing, Joe. Yeah. And I mean, it's not the first time. I'm sure you can tell me. You know, you know what I'm saying is true. This is not the first time we've had these sort of scandals. The building trade itself is absolutely corrupt in this country. And it is. Now, I don't like saying that, and I'm not going to name anybody. But but it it is a fact that they close up. You check into estates, uh, uh, building estates that were were built over the years, 
and see if you can get the, the name of the company that uh, mm. built them. You can't find them. Yeah, but in fairness, I don't, I don't want to name anyone because names. No, I'm not doing that. But in, fa- that in, in fairness, it's about nine or ten big, big companies who've done incredible work. Incredible. Not everybody is Hospitals or Croker or office blocks or roads or bridges or whatever. They they are highly reputable companies. So is it is it this is this a small small company building one one block? Well, and then dis- yeah, disappearing into the company registers. Well, go out to the, all the apartments that were built out on the north side of Dublin there that they, they had to put the people out of the apartments. Mm. Yeah. Well, that was a big development. That wasn't a small a small little builder. But, John, the, the argument for the people who are now have been successful in lobbying the government, uh, and that's a government, every, every political party, look, yesterday every political party was tweeting congratulations to, on, this, on this fund. Uh, but uh, every but the argument seems to be it wasn't the argument is we we did nothing wrong we did nothing wrong correct they are they they look Joe it's very simple a house an apartment anything it's just like a car you buy it they are a cardboard box there I bought a cardboard box to do X Y Z in the case of the apartment I bought a place to live in with my wife and kids. Right, mm. and it's supposed to be. Pro- I shouldn't don't have to know uh, what the fire regulations are. I don't have to know what the rules and regulations in relation to, to uh, foul water pipes, uh, sewer pipes, anything. I I don't have to know these. I'm buying it as something that is finished. It's just, the state fell down. All the different political parties, Dáil mm. Éireann, in actual fact, is to blame for not. Uh, instigating a system of certification for large purchases such as, as, as houses where the person buying it wouldn't have any qualifications uh, or have any knowledge of it. He's expecting to get what he's paying for. And I, of course those people deserve the money. And it's stupid how they can bring in a new scheme now to pay for all these apartments, the rectification, and they're not giving the people up in Donegal um, the payment for the, the, the bad building materials. It's the same thing. Well, they are. It's the same thing. They have, a, they have agreed among, well, they have proposed... No, they've a, agreed to give them so much up yeah. to certain limits and that. They're not getting like for like. And that's what it should be, like for like. Okay, I don't okay. agree. I know they have to put a cap on certain things, otherwise, otherwise people would start gold-plating their, their, their staircase. <laughs> it shouldn't be a benefit to somebody. It should, should be like for like replacement. And i got no problems with that. OK, last word to Dara, Dara Began. You there, Dara? Well, Joe, I suppose it's, 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 it's been said round and round. I mean, this is not just... First of all, any of the apartment blocks that I'm aware of, and as chairman of one, I'm aware of several... They were built by very big companies. Okay. Uh, in, in our case, the company's gone and, and fully gone, fair. Okay. Uh, in the case of my brother's apartment, that company, it's not hiding. It's up and running. They know that what they did. They know that they did it. And they simply brazenly said, yeah. we're not paying. Everybody chip in. And by the way, if you don't chip in in the next six weeks, then you'll have to pay an extra 10 grand or 15 grand. So they just railroaded the half of the apartments that were sold. So they are there. Take a test case. There's, there's one to take, I would say. Okay. The problem, I, but the bottom line is, I, I, I'm delighted at the tax, that I'm delighted this fund is set up, but we do not, we are not entitled to it no more. I'm sorry if your house got mica 
it's awfully bad luck and I'm delighted we're setting up a fund. We're not entitled to it. I will not be marching on down the street saying the government owes me the money that I had to spend here. That's not how it should work. But we will never get it off the builders because we're not going to get 2.5 billion off the builders without collapsing the building trade. It's a catch-22, isn't it? Okay. Uh, but there okay. are some people who are really benefiting. And I, sorry, I just want to touch off one other thing you said. Mm. Uh, I can tell you in the case of my brother's apartment block, that it was the builder who assigned the company who came in and did the works. So there you go. And I can also tell you that in our apartment block here, once the managing agent, who we've now changed, once the managing agent came up with this, we then refused to go through them to appoint. Uh, so we went our own way and we yeah, appointed own, yeah, our own own. surveyor okay. and we appointed our own company to do the work. And we were damned that anybody was going to make a penny more out of this than it took to fix the problems. Okay, okay, back after this break. Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818-715-815. And James O'Neill contacted us about this, um, he was a dissenting voice because all the voices suggested were positive from all political parties about this new fund that's been set up. Uh, by the government, they say uh, could cost two and a half billion. This is on top of the uh, three point six five billion uh, for the MICA scheme, the redress scheme for houses and apartments uh, built during the Celtic Tiger era. That's the phrase always used, and are now found to be defective. And the government have decided that the taxpayer should foot the bill. Um, is 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 John O'Gara gone? Where's John? He was on my screen. Is he gone? John, okay, Margaret, your point, please. Margaret. So I, I totally agree there with what James was saying. I mean, if you if you look at the contributors to the actual, the Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael and all of them are builders. And that's on public record. If you look up to see who are the biggest contributors to the political parties, they're all builders. Yeah, but every political party is supporting this fund. Yes, I know, because I was one of the people who actually went into Dáil Éireann one night and okay. sat up in the gallery and oh. listened to the actual debate going on. I mean, Joe, in any other country, as, as James said, this is a banana republic. Well, yeah, in any other we're, country, we're, we're not, people would be not, held to rights yeah, over this. Yeah, we're not banana republic. Well, uh, I'm sorry to uh, say yeah, we well, are. 97 people were born to death in a, in a public housing project. In well, London, you uh, walk you know. into any department. No, but anyway, we won't. We won't. We, 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 we won't. We won't. Yeah. no fire stopping in any of the departments. The apartments are a death trap. And fire certificates are handed out, self-regulated, signed off, before the bloody things are even built. I mean, James is 150% right. Mm, so what should we do about it, Margaret? What should we do him, about well, it? They're turning around now and they're saying that it's taxpayers footing the bill. Of course it is. It's always the taxpayers. Yeah. So who bailed us out before when the banks went? Yeah, yeah. The taxpayer. Yeah, yeah. But it shouldn't be the taxpayer this time because they know who actually built these apartments. I can tell you now, that one of the companies that built yeah, these estates... No, there's no names to be mentioned. But they go bankrupt and then they set up business across the road and they start building again. And hand on heart, that's happening in the estate I'm living in. OK, OK. OK, Margaret, thanks indeed. Uh, mind you're yourself, that's, that's, you're very... Thanks, thanks for the call. OK, back to... Um, tragically, that, uh, that issue that opened up the other day out of the blue... 
as often happens in Live Nine, about a hit, hit and run tragedies and, and killings. Uh, Liam Melia has contacted us. Liam, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Joe. Uh, your, your, your story, Liam, tell us, just tell us, begin when, on, on that awful day in 2007. Oh, uh, yeah, tw- uh, 28th of February, 2007. Mm. Um, 20 past nine in the morning. Um, dropped my daughter to school, myself and Jenny. We okay. usually go for a walk every day. Bar Sundays, we just, and it's a five kilometre walk around Kilcormock. And uh, just dropped her to school. Yeah. Five minutes later, um, we're walking just past the uh, local filling station. And uh, just walking side by side and chatting. And I yeah, yeah. Kind of, it was a bit windy and it's kind of had a head down, you know, kind of into the wind and just looked up and uh, this car in front of me, and I just shouted, where is this car going, or what's it doing there? That was it. The time I left the house, till it happened five minutes, less than five minutes, that's it. Right. And uh, the only thing I remember was someone shouting, um, you're okay. And uh, I was, I asked where Jenny was, said she's gone and got her ambulance, and brought to Tullamore. And so the two, the two of you were the two of you were hit by the car. Yeah, yeah. Jenny and, was on my inside, okay. and I was on the outside. And, and do you remember even the car approaching you? No, I oh. just looked up. We were walking on the hard shoulder, and I just looked up, and the car was in front of me. And Sorry, you were on the ground. Ground, and you you were on you were on the ground at this stage. Yeah, when the car hit us, we. I was lying, and, and someone shouted, "You're okay, you're okay," and, and I just said, "Where was Jenny?" And said, "They were gone in ramblings." Okay. But that was those doctors and those ambulance yeah. and, and firemen Brian Tullamore then, and remember Jenny's sister who <laughs> came in and said, "Jenny is gone." I said, "Gone where?" Right. And they told me, and then the, the wheeler in beside me and. And and and, the, 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 and she uh, she had died instantly from what you yeah, said. Yeah, that's what they told me. Told me she died instantly because I asked in the hospital before my sister came in where oh, was Jenny. Said she's critical, and then Jenny's sister came in and told me. And of course, I said, I said, gone where, you know, and she told me, and that was it. And the the car, the car was there when you regained consciousness for a few minutes. Did you? I don't know where the car went. Okay. Did you know you had been hit by a car? I didn't until I asked. I thought I was driving my own car. Okay. You said what happened? Yeah, I said what happened. I said where's my car? And I think my brother-in-law said to me, he says, "Sure, your car's at home." Yeah. And so I was there. I was. We were six inches beside one another. I got a belt on the, the right leg. Uh, I was I was out of work for fourteen months, and uh, actually had to get a hip replaced with no, shortly. So, but it's just you know when you're walking or driving around on the road, you know the roads are deadly. Yeah. You know. And was there was there a court case, Liam? 
It was, yeah. Yeah, the court case after about a year. And um, he was put off the road, I think, for life and, and a suspended sentence, you know. But whatever he got or whatever he didn't get, wasn't going to bring Jenny back. Yeah, and did he did he have, did he offer any form of explanation as to he why he couldn't, couldn't remember? He couldn't remember. No, couldn't remember. You know, sometimes if you go said if you got a blowout or past yeah, hours, yeah, or we don't had, know. Had heard bad news or got yeah. distracted or whatever. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. But, but, you, but you, you never heard. That was the only thing that I was, you know, what happened. You know, I sent. Did did I do? Did we do something wrong? Yeah, yeah. You know, and you didn't. It was the same way. You walked every single day. Every day, yeah. every day for years. You know, so I was saying you go for a walk to get fit. And everything bad happened. Yeah. And then Liam, I see from your note here, it wasn't the first car tragedy that. Oh, Jamie, we, we yeah. had. So we got. I married Jenny in nineteen eighty two. Yeah. She was 18, I was 20. Okay. And got married on the 31st of March, 1982. At the time, Jenny was about... It was a month, month and a half pregnant at the time. And of that August of that year, 30th of August, they were coming through Tlohan. It's a little village, not far from here. So mm-hmm. after a visit in um, the hospital in Portiuncle for monthly yeah. check and that she was about seven, seven and a half months pregnant at the time and we're coming through Tlohan and a van ran into them at the cross there in Tlohan and uh, she lost the baby. Oh God. So at the time I was working actually in, in, in the power station in Pulbeg now I wasn't working the ASB at the yeah. time but I was working and um it happened at 11 o'clock in the morning, and um, I, I was down then. I went to, she was in intensive care for for um, three or four days, and that, and, and, and the baby was stillborn. Was, 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 mm-hmm. when, when, when I collected it, I remember when I was brought in, I was told to bring in a, in a white coffin with me. So I brought her home, and we buried her up in the local cemetery. So in a split second, two car accidents in a split second, split your, second. your life has changed irrevocably. And that yeah. the, the children in the background, are they your grandchildren, Liam? Yeah, yeah. Mind you, Monday a week. How good, man. You give me flat out, mind them. And did they, ever meet, did they ever meet their granny, Jenny? No, no. Oh. No, sure, Anna's is only, Anna is only won't be three till, till um, May. And, and I have another granddaughter, Emily. She was. She won't be treated in November. Yeah. You know. So Jenny was a young woman when she was killed. Yeah, forty-three. Oh God. Oh, God. Okay. And it yeah. was. It was a. I'd say the end of February it was half nine or ten o'clock in the morning. So it was. Twenty past nine in the morning. Yeah. Because yeah. we always went out for a walk. But we dropped yeah. my daughter Celine to to national school, which the national school was right across the road from my house. And we walked and took us took about an hour to walk around uh, five kilometres. You know. And. I've never walked it since. Well, I'm not able to walk it down. You would, you wouldn't, you haven't walked it since. No, no. But you pass by the where it happened every day. But you know, 
and the point I, I'm making is, is that all these accidents face tragedies and they take away a lot of lives, but the only thing that they don't take away is, is memories. Yeah, yeah. can never take away them. And, and I, I'm good friends of, of um, Donna Price. She's involved there in the Road Safety Association there. And okay. uh, she does have a, every November, she, she does have a thing down in the Bloomfield about uh, road traffic victims and that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I tell you, when you go in there and see the hundreds of of pictures, yeah. Yeah. quite frames with people smiling, but yeah. and them are alive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my own brother uh, would have been, he was killed in a car crash. He would have been 57 today. Um, so, so every God of mercy on me is twenty five, Aiden. But um, yeah. every every family, every family, absolutely. So we just have yeah. to be have to be uh, extra. In his in his case, it was a mechanical fault with the company van. But that's that's a long time. Yeah. Ago now. But the but biggest uh, problem I see, Joe, and I'm sorry for stopping you. No, no, that's They're going around texting and driving. Yeah, I know. I know. That's the worst thing. I know. That's where that started. Yeah, this this issue started. Yeah, and there's, there's lorry drivers, there's car drivers, there's, yeah. and we, we know, you know when they're looking down they're, that, they're, that they're texting. Yeah. yeah. I don't know, there should be some point to a car that you can't receive texts or give out texts. You know, yeah. technology going around. But, um, well, let's try and put something to people's heads in the meantime. In the yeah. meantime. Uh, name, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, God, God rest, Jenny. Kind regards to you. And, and your baby, um, are they resting together now? Okay. Oh God God rest them and kind regards to your gorgeous, lively grandchildren there, Liam and well done. Thanks I'd say you. I'd say you'd be wrecked now going home of an evening, would you after Absolutely. Day? Straight, straight to bed, Joe. I'm sure you're saying to yourself, I wish it was back building the pool bag towers. It was True. easier. But True. it's great, it's great, it's great, it's great, it's that great. Is, yeah, and that it, is, absolutely. And it makes yeah. it makes the poignancy of, of Jenny's loss even greater. It does, yeah. 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 Good to meet him, Margaret, Liam. Thank, thank, thank you so much to you and your sure. family. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Joe Duffy! Talk to Joe on 0818 715 815. Again, if you're in the Dublin airport area... It's the Hilton Hotel, which is around Clare Hall, down that end, you know, the big Tesco there. And you find, anywhere around there, you find a bag or a big, it's a fair-sized photograph with a load of hoarding medals. It is of inestimable value to a family in America. It was stolen from the back of the Hilton Hotel shuttle bus there the other morning. Please, if you do find it, uh, hand it in to the hotel or indeed to a local guard station. Ray Darcy is next and Annette Egan, uh, Shana Gorman. Yes, upstairs. Sean O'Gorman uh, produced. Uh, Ray, good afternoon. 0818 715 815 stays open until 3.15pm or email joe at rte.ie.